Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memories. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Rotafest Detail Memoirs. And I brought my mistletoe so you can just I'm not getting kiss near him. this, baby. I'm not getting near that. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. I brought my own mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get started, uh, remind everybody to go out to your favorite location and like and subscribe to Rotafest Detail Memoirs. It really helps us keep awesome guests like Rigo coming on and keeps us going and motivated. So, so we are super excited. Uh, we had a great sit down with Rigo Santana at the SEMA show, and he and I just we all had a great conversation. And I'm like, we got to get you on the show. And he was kind enough to give us some of his time. It is, what, three days away from Christmas. So yep. I guess this is kind of our Christmas edition, too. So ho, ho, welcome, ho. Rigo. How are you, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing, man? Thank you for um, bringing me on board. And um... Oh, and we lost him. Where did well, he go? Well, that was our show. Thanks for watching. And <laughs> Merry, no, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Nice day. No, we just lost <laughs> Rigo. We'll get him back. There he is. He's yeah. back. Oh, yeah. They're disconnecting. But, yeah, um, thank you for bringing me on board. And I kind of was looking forward to this because, like, um, you said we connect, we, re we reconnected at, uh, at SEMA. And uh, we were talking about all kind of different stuff. So I was kind of looking forward to having this podcast because it's the first time that I um, – gonna have the opportunity to really talk about the journey that, yeah. I, that i've gone through to get where i'm at today so and let's talk about that because i mean you you have a tough start right i mean you grew up in the streets and you've clawed and fought and evolved and become let's let's hear your amazing story well um it starts it starts decades ago right and um, i was like you said at the at the time back then i was born you know i was born and raised in south central LA. i was born in an era where south central was you know should i say full full battle um it was it was it was all uh, it was everything was everything was live it was um live or die so that's all i really pretty much do at the moment since a kid growing up as a kid and going into my teenage years and, you know, even into my a manhood. And, you know, seeing seeing a lot of my friends that I was brought up with pretty much pass away every six months, you know, in regular life, you might lose family members as time goes by, but when you're living on the streets, it almost becomes a part of your, of your, of your culture, having to bury your friends. So in the midst of all that, as a kid, you know, I still had, I still had dreams. You know, as bad as things are when you're living in the hood, you always have this vision or, or you, you're inspired to be somebody or to do something. And in the back of my head, I always wanted to, I wanted to always be a, 
business owner or I have a run of business. So as the journey started and I, um, I kind of snowballed into detailing because as an entrepreneur, um, not having the skills then or having the business knowledge that I have now, you know, I just, one of the things that came to my mind was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get into the detailing business and just having a, a mobile van to me was already feeling like I was a sex. I was successful within itself. Right. Yeah. So I, um, I started the, the detailing business and like anything, like I said, you know, you don't know about business and you think just because you, you have a van that's rolling, you have a handful of chemicals, you know what you're doing, but you know, that was just, a, that was just a be, the, the beginning of the journey at the time. Yeah. So how and old were you when you got into, when you started? I was um, already in my, uh, let me see, it was 2007. It was like in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, and take it back then, you know, like every other detailer, you know, you think that washing cars is the way to go about it. You know, you think that, you know, you're going to wash four cars, you're going to make a hundred dollars. You're talking about 20 something years ago now. Um, and you're like, wow, a hundred dollars and coming from the hood, a hundred dollars is a lot of money because you don't, you know, you don't, you don't see that type of money unless you're, you know, unless you're hustling on the streets or you're doing something else. So now you're really thinking you're really corporate now, you know, and then you watch eight cars and you're like, oh, $200. Oh, you're really doing big things. You, you multiply that five times a week and you really think you're, you're, you're in, but you know, the business is totally on a whole different level, not knowing that you're not really making business, you're working for free. So me coming from the, from the hood at that time, I didn't have no business orientation. I didn't have no business knowledge. I didn't know how to run a business. I just, everything was just assumptions and thinking that I know how to do it. So it was a struggle. It was a struggle because now here I am, I'm a young Hispanic kid coming from the neighborhood, trying to get into corporate America, because that's really what I was, what I was trying to do. And, you know, you, I thought at the moment, I thought, shooting guns and surviving that was tough you come to finding out that it gets even more lethal in corporate america because a pen could destroy you in the blink of an eye right yep. you, yeah you don't under, but you don't under you don't know you don't know like you don't know the difference at that time so now you know i i uh, i have a bit i have a detailed business but something in me always wanted a wanted wanted more and I and I had said to myself at the moment that in every profession there's a right way and there's a wrong way like when you know growing up you know, see construction you got your license con contract license contractors and then you have you guys will come to you and tell you they'll build a house without a license and then when the house is falling apart and you know you try to ask yourself why well the guy wasn't a contractor right yeah so um same thing with detailing started doing my research and try to try to do it the right way. So as I started looking into it, there was very, very few people training at the moment in the detailing industry. And when I did my research, I, I said, okay, you know what, out of these, out of these little people, let me, let me go get trained with one. 
And um, I did. I went to go get trained, and I found I realized that it was more than just washing the car. Back then, <laughs> I'm like, you know, now I'm sitting in front of of somebody professionally getting me trained, and they're telling me marketing, and they're telling me branding, and they're telling me. So now, I'm I'm over flooded with information, and I'm like, wow, well, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but um, I thought having a business was just getting up and you know owning something and going make money and come back, and I it was it was just the beginning of a whole different era in my life. So I still I remember that after I got trained, um, it was. The first time I got trained, a couple years, like two years later, I think it was, I went to, I went to SEMA. I think it was 2009, if I recall right. And the IDA had just barely kind of like launched or had a year into being, coming together. And they had uh, a, a seminar, a convent, a little, little get together at SEMA. And it was it was, I remember it was Bob, Bob Phillips, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Keith Duplisi, like one, yeah. some of the original, one of the, some of the original founding guys. And as a matter of fact, I got, a, I got, I got a picture that they were, they were sitting with the, the middle room and they were sitting like in the middle, in the middle circle, because that's, that's how big the idea was at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, I, um, I was there, I was there because. I was trying to learn how to go about um, running a business because I didn't know nothing. I didn't know my, my right from my my right from my left my left hand. You know, Hispanic coming from the hood. You know, at the time I still, when I would talk and you know my vocabulary was different. When I would when I would talk to somebody, I would be like, "Hey, what's up, homie?" Instead of, "Hey, how you doing, sir? What can I help you with?" Yeah, you know, I had to change my whole DNA basically because everything about me was not gonna was not going hand in hand with business. So, besides learning about business, and I had to like work on my personality and my vocabulary in order to be able to communicate and be functional as a business. So now, you know, I'm in that I'm I'm at SEMA, the biggest convention in the world. IDA is barely having their first convention, but I was like, you know what, I need to be here, and I'm gonna sign on board. So I became a mem- um, I became a member and that at that time of the IDA, not knowing what the IDA was gonna do for me or what it was about, but I knew I had to be a part of it because it was for detailing. Yeah. And uh, I did. And then I walked my first SEMA. Let me make you guys laugh. So here I was in uniform, walking through SEMA, and I didn't know nothing about detailing. All I know how to do was wash a car, right? But I look like a million bucks. If you look at me, I look like a odd, odd, total pro. <laughs> so I, I, I still don't remember. I don't remember if it was the auto gig booth. It was, it was, it was one of the original booths that that, that were there in two thousand nine. And I walk to the booth, right, and uh, I'm like, wow, this is detailing. And detailing at the time was only an aisle. If the people that were there, they remember we only had an aisle. Right now, at SEMA, we have a whole section. You know, people are, people are getting pampered. Back then, you only had an hour. You would walk up and down, and detailing was over with. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I remember that. Right? So um, I was walking. I walked to a booth, and um, 
The guy's like, oh, you detail? Now, you know, cool. yeah, yeah, we detail. Are you guys based up out of California? Oh, okay, because I have my guys with me, right? So they're like, oh, what kind of compound are you using? I'm looking at the machine, and I'm looking at what he has in his hand. I go, that one. Oh, you use this one? I was like, yeah. Oh, how you like it? Oh, I like it. <laughs> so he's working with it, and then he, t- he asked me something about, like, so what else do you do? I said, oh, time to go. I don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> so I went to another booth. So as I'm going through the booths, I got a, I had an, I had an iPad with me, and um, I started making notes. And then I told my guys, "What was that? I don't know. What are you talking about? Compound? So compound? We got to find out what compound is." And uh, so then I started going booth by booth and making notes, trying to figure out how to put this detailing puzzle together. So I really didn't know anything. So I came home and. Um, I had all this, all these notes and all this information of how to become a detailer. And you got to remember, you know, back then, the the Hispanic presence wasn't as strong as it is now. No. You know, it was corporate America. It was different. I was one of the few chosen Hispanics that was in the industry. That was other Hispanics, but not a, not a mainstream, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm going back and I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. And, I, and, and the, my journey began. That's when the, the training starts come, starts um, kicking in. I go about trying to figure out how to get into this corporate world, which I didn't know nothing about. And then at that time, too, you got to remember, you know, corporate America, I'm, I'm bald. I look real rough in my edges. Who really wanted to talk to me? Um, and then my ego coming from, from, coming from the neighborhood, coming and evolving into corporate America was mixing like water with oil. So I had to learn how to how to how to blend in, how to get in, and yeah. opening doors was not easy. Nobody was right. opening them, opening them for me. You know, when you listening to that, and from where you came from, you know, as you stated, like coming into what you're calling corporate, it seems like it's a little uh, less in your face, but it's just more of the I'm gonna say backstabbing, right? You don't know when somebody's really trying to get under your skin because they do it more subtle, right? It's not a guy with a gun in the streets. It's a guy trying to take your business subtly and trying to figure out your weaknesses. Right. So, so you were still in, you were still in Southern California at this point. Is that where you're at or where are you? Okay. And so you had guys working for you. So did you have a shop or were you hundred percent mobile? We're, we're hundred percent mobile. Um, the shop didn't come into play two years later because at the time, you know, like I said, I was learning learning how to run the business correctly. But in my head, you know, having the mobile unit at the time, just washing cars, I thought that's where that's where the key was at. But as things started evolving and I started learning, I realized that it wasn't. So one of the key factors that that I stuck to was like, you know what, out where whatever it takes and whatever I need to do, that's where I'm gonna be at. And because um, things people weren't making it easy for me, I kept on pushing even further. So, you know how, you know how you, I don't know if you guys ever came because you know how people, when you talk to them, you're like, oh, you need to get trained. Oh, I don't need no training. Yeah. I don't need that. Or it's so expensive. Man, let me tell you, man, I spent thousands and thousands and not even hundreds of thousands of dollars training, literally. I'm going to tell you why. I didn't see myself, oh, that training wasn't valuable. Training was a key to everything, to my success. I mean, I, I, mean, I feel blessed that I have a mixture of different, trainers that were a part of my life and I've been blessed to be able to train or if not work with 
some of the most elite detailers in the industry now that came before me that were pioneers that let that that laid the foot the let the the floor down for me to walk behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, because I you know how I didn't know anything. So I got a little piece of everything. I kept on investing in training and in training and then you know, there's a there's a there was a there's a saying that goes if they don't open the door, knock it down. And I did. Mm-hmm. I did and as my journey started and I started getting um more involved with the industry and started meeting people and I started investing in myself. You know, I went as far as taking a sales class one time because like I said, I didn't know how to talk to people. My vocabulary was different. It was all about hey homie or you know, have you detailed your car? And I would stay quiet. Like <laughs> the client's looking at me and I'm looking at the client. Like, you know, I didn't know how to communicate. So I actually went out of my way to take sales class. So everything I didn't do as growing up, growing up as a kid in the hood and not going to school. Now that I had a business, I was forced to go do it because there was no other, there was no other answer to that. So I had to yeah. go learn how to speak, how to run the business. And in the process of all this, I started building relationships, networking and networking and networking to where now the doors were starting to open for me. But you got to remember back then, you know, my maturity level was different. Um, my ego was different. So I was a lot of things that I was struggling as an entrepreneur coming into the corporate world. And, um, you know, I think John F. Kennedy said, don't ask what, what, what your country could do for you, but what you could do for your country. Mm-hmm. So on that token, back, since back then, I've always had this thing in my head that I said, either you become a part of the solution or you become a part of the problem. So right. as I started growing in the industry, remember, I went into the business trying to grow it for myself. So as I started growing and I started putting myself in a position to where I was here and I was there and everywhere, opportunity opportunities came. And when the opportunities came, I took them because I was always putting myself in position to be able to win. Nothing was given to me. I earned every last bit of it. I give credit for the people that were part of my journey, but nobody came along and told me, here, this is, this is for you, Rico. It's not going to happen for anybody like that. You have to, you have to invest in yourself. You have to be the one to take the chance and, and take the risk. So, so let me ask you a question because I think there are a lot of detailers that come from similar backgrounds, right? And they come in with this, ego of I'm going to dominate. I don't need any training. I don't need, you know, I don't need your help. I'm the man. I can do it. Right. And it sounds like from what you're sharing is you had to have a real honest reality check with yourself and you had to go, all right, you know what? I don't know business. I thought I knew how to detail cars. And all of a sudden I went to semen. I'm, hearing about compounds and other things. Right. And then reaching the point where you are humble enough to go, I need to take a sales training course. I mean, how many business owners have gone to a sales training course or a professional development course? I remember when Rod and I um, first started Rotafest and Zimware, 
our bank invited us to this six week training program where they talked about marketing and budgets and PLs and I mean they and they made us really ask some serious questions and one of which was do you have the right people doing the right jobs and that was tough right because we had to look at ourselves and go all right am i really good at what i'm trying to do and what i'm trying to bring to our company or do we need to move things around or do i need to get training to be better so I, I, I guess that my roundabout question is, you know, looking back, was that hard for you to go, I need additional training, or were you embracing it every chance you got? You know, on, on that, it's different. It was different for me. You got to remember, Jody, I came from an era that South Central was live or die. So when I came into the industry, I came in with the mentality that I was going to start a business. But when I got into the detailing industry back then, it was a different live or die. And, and I say that because it was corporate America. I was only his, one of the few chosen Hispanics in corporate coming into the professional part of it, right? It yeah. was different for me, and it was different for a lot of people to see a, a bald Hispanic guy coming in through the industry trying to learn how to do things correctly. So, you know... I had a, I had a break pavement for a lot of for a lot of the things that are that are accessible to a lot of people day today. But like I was part of the I, I said, you know, either I'm I'm a part of the solution, I'm gonna be a part of the fact of the problem. People, people these days, like now, the detailers that say they don't need no training, man, you know, they're they're wrong. Everybody needs training. You know, you, oh I see in YouTube, I don't care how many YouTube videos you guys see. I want I want to go toe to toe with me in detail car with me at ninety degree weather in the sun after you watch hundred hours of YouTube. Now let's see who details. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that that's, I think there's a mentality there that um, you know, what, there's a lot of different ways to learn, right? Everybody learns different. Some right. people read, some people watch movies, some people, but but nobody. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a really bold statement. Nobody can be a good detailer until they have trained with a polisher in their hand. You have to understand the feel of the machine, the pressure that you put on it. How much does that pad compress? What if you have a backing plate on it? There's so many factors that go into detailing and polishing a car that no amount of watching a show or a YouTube is going to give you that training. It may give you the beginning, and it may be where you can start, but you have to go do something hands-on. You know, I agree with you 100%. People ask me something, hey, how did you, how did you learn how to be – you know, the detailer you are today, man. Well, let me tell you, um, I, I was at, I, 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 um, I volunteer at, at detail projects where I remember I was detailing a, a plane. I was there where we were already working on it for about a week. My, my tendons on my shoulders were so swollen from so many pain corrections that I had done prior to going to that project <laughs> that I had to tie up my shoulders from each side with with bandages and, and everything else to hold my shoulders together because my shoulders hurt so much detailing on that plane to learn. Yeah. yeah. People, you know, um I, I had a I had I when I was mobile, you know what hands down, people the, the mobile detailer, if you're hearing this podcast and they don't want to pay you for what you're worth, you know what? Who cares? Walk away. When you're in, well, I know the struggle of having to be a mobile detailer, having to go to a client's house, unloading your equipment, setting up 
detailing the sun and 90, 90 something degree weather where you're, where you're in the East Coast and cold ass weather and having to put a compound on a car and still get not appreciated or valued as a professional. <laughs> hey guys, you know what? No, it's a struggle. You know, it's, it's, it's a real struggle, but you know, like, like you, you said, you know, the hands-on experience will never, will never, and I don't care who you are. You call me, text me, will never compare to hands-on experience, YouTube, whatever else. Like you said, only the people that are on the field that know how that compound reacts when the revolution of the forced action or the rotary machine starts going into full effect, what kind of finish mm -hmm. you're going to get on that car. You can't get off that off a of video. You just can't. Right. No. Right. And, and the problem is, is that people that are putting together a YouTube video that know what they're doing, they make it look easy. That's, that's part of the beauty of the detailing industry is anybody that's ever had a rotary in their hands and you put it on edge <laughs> and you can oh. make it look easy because you can make it go back and forth. I don't care who you are. The first time you take a, a 12 inch rotary and you put it on edge at full speed and you it's hit that walk, you're walking down the side of the car. And, and that's, I think, um, that's where the hands on Jody and I were at an event once and a young man came up to us. He's very young. He was right out of high school. He's probably, I mean, he was probably 18, 19 yeah. years old and he wanted to be a detailer and he had bought a polisher and he said, but I'm afraid to use it. I've never even turned it on. Then he said, what do I need to do? And I was like, man, go to a junkyard and buy a cheap hood, buy a cheap trunk and just polish the shit out of it. Learn how to burn through the paint, T see what it takes to go through and go too far and then back that off a notch, you know? So just get your hands dirty. It's the only way to learn how to do it. I mean, I can't believe how excited Jody was the first time he got a polisher in his hand on his own boat. Oh yeah. It was like geez. a little kid, you know, most people would be scared, but Jody <laughs> wanted to know how to do it. And so I'm like that enthusiasm is what leads you into doing it the right way. He got, um, he put, he had a rotary and he was, he was working on his boat and we gave him uh, he got a little three inch DA to do some stuff. And man, he was, he was, he was stopping that DA as every second. And finally he just rejected it. He was like, I need the, I need the rotary, back. but it was because of his experience <laughs> yeah. prior to that, the last couple of hours before that, knowing how to use it and getting the effect of it. So I think that's the key to doing that. So now let's, let's fast forward. Now you've got some training, right? And you got a little more confidence under your belt. You've, you've got a little bit humbled by the business world. So then what's that next step that you took that took you from, just getting into where you've got the training and the knowledge and, and some experience to how did you get over the hump and kind of over that stigma of, like you said, the bald guy trying to be in corporate America. You know what? Um, I started when, when, when I started coming, when I came into corporate America and I started rubbing shoulders with some other guys, um, there's these guys, there's, uh, um, there was these detailers, right. Um, they're from the East coast. Um, and they're from New Jersey. They're in the law enforcement. And um, that was the first time I had been around law enforcement in the right way. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say his name. Um, his name is Bobby, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. Bob. I know Bobby. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, um, you know, we we talked. We talked. And um, they... um. We had, we had gotten, they had told me, I wanted to learn how to detail a bike. I know how to detail, but they were like, you know what they're going to have? I was a dude that if you told me, you know what, you had to be in Florida and I had to be in Florida to learn how to detail any, I was there. 
You wanted to come to New Jersey. Everybody knows I was in New Jersey. I had to go wherever I needed to go to make sure I was going to hit a home run because nobody was giving me anything, right? So now I'm in New Jersey, and, you know, these guys, um, Bobby and his wife, um, they were so humble to me, man. They were so good, and I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm tripping. I didn't tell nobody. Nobody knew what was going through my head, but I'm thinking, wow, why are these cops acting so nice with me, right? And I'm like... But they knew my past, but they didn't judge me for that. You know, of course, they were, you know, they were cautious with me, but, you know, they treated me like a human being. And I'm thinking, wow, you know what? Not all cops are bad. So then I started networking and started meeting different people from different paths of lives. There was guys that were FBI agents, some of them were cops, some that were doctors, some that were coming from corporate America that got, that got let go and they, they're sitting there telling me, Oh, you know what, Rigo? I got a severance package for, I don't know, an X amount of money, man. But, you know, I'm trying detailing. I'm thinking, wow. You know, so I started meeting all these people. And then uh, and I understood that in order for me to build relationships, I had to connect with them. And I did. I started connecting with different people, different things. I started, I started getting a different point of view for life. Not, I was no longer that kid coming from South Central trying to survive, thinking everybody was going to take me out. So in building relationships and moving forward, you know, um, I also had to learn how to, how to, how to connect with them on, on a whole different level, not just detailing, but on a personal level and, you know, family bond and everything else. And, and I did. And behind that, um, you know, you got to remember, I always said either you become a part of the solution and part of the, or become a part of the problem. So as I was meeting people, now, now being in the industry and people kind of like, you know, elevating to me and building relationships and, me, and meeting me halfway, I also dealt with a lot of issues as well. Don't get me wrong, it was our cookies and creams. You got to remember, we rewind the tape back more than 15 years ago or, and so on. It's a lot of racism. I mean, we have mm -hmm. racism now, but back then it was, it was bad too. And I was the only Hispanic in the industry in corporate America, so... At that time, I was I was coming across of it, coming across of it on it a lot. But what I chose to do was either I become a part of the problem or become a part of the solution. So I try I worked on it and I became a part of the solution. Through my whole detailing career, you've never heard me scream, "Oh, I, you know, this guy did this," or oh, "I was I was discriminated." Now nah, I took it like a champ. I took a deep breath and I kept on pushing. You know, you you agree to disagree. And I kept on going because I was trying to figure out how to find a solution and how to put Rigo in a better position. And as I did, opportunities came. Yeah, I and remember you mentioned something earlier that's to me that's the that's a perfect example of you can either um, you know dig yourself into a hole and become the whoa always me I'm always picked on I don't have these opportunities and it's the same with the training right you can just say well I don't have these opportunities and I didn't have the right training. Or you can just take it and just like the guy that doesn't want to pay you what you're worth for being mobile, if somebody's discriminating against you, you can just say, well, that's not my client. I'm going to go with the people that are treating me the right way and show the world that I should be treated the right way. And then that's one way to elevate yourself up. And now you're getting all these reviews from people and the guy that's discriminating against you is now feeling bad because he just missed an opportunity, right? No, it and you know what, into that, like you said, you know what, um, the opportunities come. They come if you put yourself in position to win. You know, um, a lot of these opportunities that came to me, came to me because I sacrificed. 
you know, a lot of people say, oh, they, I don't get them. You don't get them. One, because you don't do what you have to do to put yourself there. I put myself, I forced myself to be in positions. I, I remember I went to Mobile Tech one time because I had got nominated to be, I think it was Mobile Detailer of the Year or, yeah, Mobile Detailer of the Year. And I didn't get it, right? And uh, I, I, got, I said, oh, well, I was bummed out, but I got up. And as soon as I got out of the chair, remember, I'm from California, so I flew all the way across the country to be in Florida for Mobile Tech. And I'm there. And I got up, and, you know, a good friend of mine, Mike Phillips, as I'm walking, he, I, I met him, and I ran into him, and he was like, I said, hey, I want to talk to you. He said, okay. Well, Mike Phillips was doing competition ready, right? So then he was like, um, when I get a call, I'm, I'm going to contact you. He did. Long story short, the next thing you know, I'm coming out in competition ready, the television show. Why? Because Mike Phillips felt confident enough in me to know that if he put me on TV, on national TV with him, that I was ready and prepared because of everything that I had done. I had trained. I had I, I had invested in myself. I was part of the International Detailing Association when the International Detailing Association was nothing. People, co people could complain that, oh, the IDA doesn't do anything for me. Well, if you complain about it now, you should have, you, you would have really complained back then when we didn't have nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that I'm really taking from this conversation is desire, passion, training, and exposure can open up doors that you never imagined possible. I mean, you think back to when you were walking in the streets of the hood, your view of cops was skewed because of your exposure to that world. And all of a sudden you get exposed to somebody like Bobby Weiner in New Jersey, who has compassion and love and a drive to help you build your business. It opened a whole new view of what was possible, not only in the industry, but within people. Right. Yeah. And as we move forward, I love that you you constantly say I was the champion. I was the only Hispanic. Right. You think about the walls that you've broken down and now you're at a point where not only do you have a successful business, you have a network of professionals across the world. You've walked and detailed with people like Mike Phillips. I mean, that is huge. Right. And creating a training program with Nueva Generación and, you know, being an ambassador for, for Sonax and now SB3. I mean, just think about, I mean, just being exposed to opportunities and people, what that has done for you, you personally and your career. You know, you know what, like you said, the exposure to opportunities, um, being able to, to work with some of the, some of the elite detailers in the, in the country. I could, you could tell me a detailer and, and, I, and I could tell you a time or place that I've, I've been able to work with them or been participated in something. You know, um, just not last year, um, we, um, they flew me out to, uh, to Power Nation to work on a, on a, on a Bronco that was uh, showcasing SEMA. And I'm going to tell you, my experience as a detailer got, um, how should I say, got tested on that Bronco after all my detailing career. I remember it was me, Jason, the whole uh, Cole, the Jason, the whole Sonex team working on the Bronco. And they had a clear coat on there that, Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know where it came from, but I had never, ever came across a clear coat that hard. We were on it with a rotary machines, and we, and it, it was a nightmare trying to figure the combination on it. And I'm talking about you had an elite group of detailers on that Bronco, 
but trying to figure it out. But we figure it out. We got it all, all dialed in and away it went to SEMA. But, you know, like you said, when opportunity came to me, then the other thing, the other opportunities came. You know, when new generation got evolved at the beginning, nobody nobody understood. What was, you know, because then everybody started thinking, what is Rico doing? You know, he's, he's focusing on trying to uh, train only the Hispanics. Or, or what is he trying to do? Build an elite group of detailers and trying to just and start a whole different section. And it wasn't that. Now people understand it. Now people have a better idea what the, what the vision was. I was trying to build a bridge, which I didn't have for myself. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I was able to make the transition and the crossover for other detailers to be able to do what I've done and if not even more. And now, you know, due to that, you know, I thank God I've been able and I've been blessed to help, you know, my guys all the way from Washington, all the way to Puerto Rico, um, get opportunities and be able to tap into the professional detailing industry without me, you know, screaming, Holy Mary. Like I don't go around saying, Oh, I was a pioneer of the detailing industry. Now the Hispanic movement, I wasn't, you know, I was a part of it, you know, and because of everything that I've laid down, it's been able to make it easier for other detailers, other Hispanic detailers to come and build off that and run. You know, you have Sergio Fierro that was, you know, that we've been great friends and has been, you know, a part of me as far as the whole mission. You know, he's he's been able to do amazing things himself and other great detailers, you know. And that's what it's about. It's about once you're able to build what you need to build for yourself, helping others, you you know, your vision has to be bigger than you. If your yeah. vision is if your vision is just based on you, when adversity hits you, if it's all about you, that's where it'll stop. It'll break you. But if your vision is bigger than you, you'll have force and you have the will to fight and go further. Right. And yeah. I think that that is the key to somebody that not only okay so there's people that get in and make themselves a good living and they can be a good entrepreneur and they focus on their business and that's great but when you look at the people that are at the top of that if you go detailing and you look at who's at the top of that industry who are the leaders it's the people that are going beyond themselves right mike phillips doesn't do training and detailing because he wants to better mike phillips He does training and detailing because he wants to pass that knowledge on to other people so that they can learn what he's learned and it's easier for them. Rennie Doyle does training so he can teach people how to go forward. Barry Thiel, anybody, the big name people that are doing this, Jason Jason Rose Rose. has dedicated a life (laughs) to it. So, you know, when you talk about you trying to make that bridge so that other people don't have to deal with that. I think that's a natural thing for the people to have the right personality to say, I'm going to look back and see how, what I struggled with. And I don't want my brothers and sisters to have to do that. I want them to get there and I'm going to help them get there without that struggle. And I think that is, if people don't see that, if people don't understand when they understand and when they realize what you're doing, that, that it's kind of an aha for people on the outside, right? It's like, why would he want to do that? Well, because it's an, it's, it's a, it's an area of the detailing industry that's not served. The day that Jody and I realized that we were the only software company that have, uh, uh, anything in our software for, for different speaking languages, for any language to be in there, we were blown away. We're like, how can you not have other languages in your software? I mean, there's the, everybody doesn't speak English, you know? So it, I, I surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, to that, um, now I, I feel blessed because 
um, the opportunities came, you know, now besides all the, all the shows that I've been a part of, you know, like I just mentioned power nation, I was part of competition ready now, right now where I stand, it's not just about me. I, I I'm blessed to say that, you know, you know, you have, um, Jose Giancunco, which is the master trainer for master for 3d. You have Aldo, which is working with Dr. Beasley, um, from, from, from Chicago. Um, you know, Ed, um, Barry SV3, he just, he just, um, loaded up and brought a bunch of guys on, on, on his network. You know, the, everybody sees what it was all about. It was about building other detailers and giving people opportunities now. And now yeah. because of all the journey that I've walked, all these opportunities has came and they're spread it out. If, and so, you know, the network that, that of guys that, that, that I've trained, people ask me, what's been the key? to the to your success and it's so easy and i tell them just helping others as easy uh, as that. that yep perfect so that's man well <laughs> we want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us obviously we can keep going <laughs> i mean it's always right. a great conversation with you so how do uh people get in touch with you both on your detailing your training also you're a great ambassador for a number of products so how do people connect um, they could find me with extreme excellence detailing. Um, also, you know, on the training side, there's a new generation detailing. So people are interested in getting trained professional. Um, they could get in contact with me then. And on Facebook, they could find me by Regal Santana. And I'm also a master trainer for um, Sonex USA and a recognized trainer for the International Detailing Association. So they have all these avenues. They could get a hold of me if they want to contact me and ask me questions. And, and there's anybody out there too that, might be starting their journey similar to where I started at or, or in the midst of it, feel free to contact me, man. Don't be shy. I'd be more than happy to help you out and give you some guidance. Yep. I love and that. you'll be, and, and you're always at all the events, SEMA, you know, Everywhere. Mobile Tech Expo, <laughs> all over. Just, just go up and talk to Rigo. He's a great guy to talk to. Um, and I think that's, that's the key is people need to put down their ego and just address somebody and go up and say, Hey man, I've seen you. I've seen some of the stuff you've done. This is a question I have. This is what I'm dealing with. And it just opens that conversation and you never know who's going to be the next, you know, partner that you have or some kind of a project. So, yeah. well, thank you once again, my friend. Um, we hope you have a fantastic Christmas and new year with your family and wish you much success in 2023 and uh, thank you for being our guest, brother. Thanks. Thank you, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody, too. And you guys tuning in, thank you so much. We will check you guys. Same next time, week. same bad yeah. channel just next week. See ya. Thanks a lot. <laughs>